from hidden local hotspots to outrageous wildlife rescues and trend-setting hotels. WestCoastTraveler.com shares the latest travel news from your local community and beyond. Travel the spectacular west coast of the U.S. and Canada without leaving your armchair and start taking notes for your next adventure. Make your next vacation or staycation the best it can be. Visit westcoasttraveler.com. Welcome to PQ Beat, the official podcast of the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Peter McCulley. Father's Day in Qualicum Beach has been marked on Islanders' calendars with the Seaside Cruisers show and shine for as long as we can remember. With us today to talk about this year's event is Dave Field. Thanks for joining us today, Dave. Oh, you're welcome, Peter. Thanks for the invitation to come and talk to you again. This year marks the 30th anniversary of the Seaside Cruisers Car Club in Qualicum Beach. Have you been involved from day one? That would be hard to believe, seeing as you're like 42 No, I haven't been involved from day one. Almost. I joined the car club in 2003, and the car club was formed in late 1993 by five or six guys who decided they wanted to have a car club and put on the Father's Day car show. And for those who might not have attended the car show, there's literally hundreds of vintage cars and trucks on display, no admission charge. How many vehicles will you be expecting this year? I know that because of having an off year from COVID, that things are rebounding. So are we expecting more cars this year? Yes, we're actually taking 625 registrations, which is our maximum number that we can actually fit in town of registered cars. And currently we're sitting at about 530. So we're almost at our maximum. So yeah, we're expecting 625 cars probably. Then we also have our car club members who have cars at the show and we have roughly about 45 cars of our own on display then we also have a few guests that bring cars we invite certain people to bring their cars without having to they don't want to register them they just want to have them on show so we've had that for a number of years now too and when folks are wandering the streets of downtown Qualicum Beach navigating the various cars and trucks you have them set up in an interesting fashion like Over here might be 20 or 30 Corvettes, and over here might be some trucks. And how does that all come together? Basically, people register for the show, and they're given a registration number when they register online with us. The first 250 cars are asked to park in a certain area outside of the actual show area. They're lined up on the streets outside the show area. The rest of them, from 251 up to this year, 625, They park in a second area, and what happens is we line them up, and then we bring them into the show starting at about 7 a.m. in the morning, and we have 600-and-odd cars parked by 9 a.m., but we don't arrange them in any particular order by number. So quite often, the reason Corvettes may be parked together is the local Corvette club will decide to Uh get together. They'll rally, they'll meet up outside of Qualicum Beach, for example, and then they'll all come in at once, so coming nose to tail. So they'll all get lined up together in the pre-parking, and then they'll also usually end up pretty much together on the street as well. So that's all organized by outside groups. And as I say, it doesn't matter. Car number one could be parked first, and car number 250 could be parked second. But it doesn't matter when they arrive, and they start arriving at 4.30 a.m. for the show. 
That makes sense to me now because a few years ago, my favorite car is a 71 240Z. I had two of them, and I was wandering the streets one day very early when the cars were coming in, and I saw three 240Zs pass in front of me, a 71 and 272s. And now that makes sense because they were actually just traveling together. Yeah, exactly. And that's the British Car Club has done the same thing, Corvette Club, Porsche Club, and various others of get-together Camaros and so on. So we don't control that. We just park them together because we, we appreciate them coming and we want them to be together if we can make it that happen. There's a number of events that are associated with the show and shine. Perhaps you could tell us a bit about those events that include the Friday night cruise. There's a street dance on Saturday night. Yeah, that's right, Peter. Friday night, we host a cruise from the Parksville Community Park, and and typically this is open to anyone who wants to show up with their classic car or a car, period. It doesn't have to be old. It can be a brand-new Corvette, for example, or it can be anything you want to drive. We don't pick and choose who can show up. So on average, we get four to 500 cars showing up, and we pre-park them. They start arriving about 5 p.m. on the Friday night, in the park and then we depart at about 7 p.m. and do a cruise around the Parksville Qualicum Beach area. So the cruise night is one of the bigger events that involves the overall community. They don't have to be registered for the show or anything, they just show up for the cruise. On Saturday night we have a street dance which is open, it's in in downtown Qualicum Beach. We have a live band. This year it's called a group called Topaz. I personally haven't heard them, but I understand they're a very good band. They play a variety of music. We're looking forward to having them on board. And then on Sunday, of course, is the car show. We start parking, as I said, about 7 o'clock in the morning. People arrive about 4.30 to 5 a.m. to line up, and we're all parked, and the show is underway by 9 officially and finishes at 3 officially, 3 p.m. in the afternoon with the presentations of trophies and so on. I've always been a fan of events and groups where the profits are donated back to the community through community groups. Perhaps you could tell us some of the groups who have benefited from those donations in the past year or so. Uh, Over the years, from the get-go when the club was formed, the plan was to be a community event open to all types of people and to also give back the net proceeds to community charities, groups, and so on that needed some financial help. So every year we donate back to various groups, But in particular, I could mention a couple, the Mana Homeless Society, the Food Bank, we give back to the Qualicum Beach Stroke and Recovery, Society of Organized Services, or the SOS as it's known, Aerosmith Search and Rescue, and the list goes on. We gave back from 2022, we donated to 14 different groups, all local. These are all in our own area, and the money stays in the Qualicum Parksville area. And these are groups that are deserving of our help. And that's what our club is all about. We're basically like a service club, more or less. We run one event a year, <laughs> and we've been able to donate anywhere from thirty to $55,000 annually. Varies up and down, of course, depending on different things we're doing, raffles and so on, how successful they are. Excellent. The weather is starting to perk up a little bit, and but it's still up and down. Unfortunately. And it was, yes, it was nice, and then it's cold, and it's nice. and But overall, it's starting to get better, and I've seen a number of older vehicles on the road, uh, collectibles, resto mods, my favorite. What was your favorite vehicle that you've purchased over the years that might be classified as a collector car? I guess one of the first ones I bought that I liked at the time, I was a Mustang fanatic, so to speak, 
and I had a 1969 Mustang Mach 1, which I restored and subsequently sold. But that was probably my first collectible car that I enjoyed working on and driving. What's currently in your garage, Dave? Too much. <laughs> Too many projects and not enough time. I have a 1968 Mercury Cougar that is undergoing some front-end work at the moment, changing up the suspension. I have a 70 Chevelle. I also have been into motorcycles in the past. I'm a retired motorcycle mechanic, among other retired things. And I have a 1969 BSA English bike, 650, and a 1970 BSA 500. All of these are projects. They're all in the works. So <laughs> nothing is totally finished. The last one I've been driving is the Cougar, of course. How many members in the Cruisers Club these days? We started off with six in 1993, roughly, and it grew from there, and now we have 110. What's your favorite ride right now that one of the other Cruiser members would be driving? A friend of mine, and not because he's a friend of mine necessarily, but because I like his car, is a 1951 Packard 250 convertible. Packards are not cars you see very frequently at car shows. They were made in the U.S., of course, where most of our cars started off being made. But it's, it's a nice-looking car, a very nice car. And it's very quite rare, actually, to that particular model. I was at one of your club events a few years back, and one of your members had a cord. Boy, that stuck out in the parking lot. Yes, our club members own a lot of different cars. A lot of them are hot rods of various types. But there's lots of classic cars out there, too. And as you say, even early 30s, 40s, 50s cars that you wouldn't normally see. We actually had a, an Aston Martin at our show a few years ago that had been converted to look like a James Bond car you would have seen in the movie <laughs> with the retractable guns and all this kind of stuff on it. And they actually worked. Oh. It was quite the car. I see there's a trend now for resto mods to be done as electric vehicles. Have you run across any of those? I haven't run across any, personally. I've read about them. There's a company actually here right in the Parksville area who does conversions, and it's becoming a popular thing. The diehard guy who owns a 1957 Chevy is not necessarily want to drop in a, an electric engine in his car, although it would look still the same from the outside, and it would probably perform even better than the 283 might have had in it from the start. I'm sure it would. <laughs> but it's becoming a quite a trend now, and maybe not so much like classic cars, but even newer car as well. If Dave went home tomorrow and sat down with his feet up to watch the news and scratched a lotto ticket, won an obscene amount of money, <laughs> and Mrs. Field said, why don't you get that car you've always been talking about? What, what would be the car? Oh, I guess the car I would buy would be a 1968 Mercury Cougar GTE with a 427 side oiler motor. Wow. They made 37 of them in 1968 with that engine. They also went on to build the same car, the same model that had a 428 Cobra jet engine, which is much more well-known probably. In 68, they still only made 393 of them. So it's quite a rare car. To find one with the 427 original motor in it would be a real find that I wouldn't mind spending half a million dollars on if I had to. <laughs> Assuming I, my lotto winnings were much more than that. <laughs> my wife wouldn't agree if they weren't. Dave, thanks for being with us today, and we will see you at the car show. Thank you very much, Peter. My pleasure for being here and chatting with you again. That's this edition of PQB. If you have comments or suggestions, you'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com. 
CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media.